Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to a kind of weird emergency episode of Football After Dark. So emergency, it's not even dark outside right now. It's dark inside. We do this podcast in a pitch black room. Yeah, yeah I can't see black. anything. Nate Kuyper. Yeah, I can't see anything. Um, apparently there's somebody running our, our switching board, our audio board. I can't see who they are. It might oh. be some crazy hobo off the street. But... I'm not going to tell you where I got him, but it was really cheap. I bet. Looking at him. <laughs> How can you see him? You Corey Clements? Oh, damn it. Ruined your joke. Ruined ruin the joke. The illusion is gone. Okay. Okay. Start joke. over! I uh, ruined the joke, now we ruined the show. Now we have to start the whole fucking thing over. Thanks, Corey. You're welcome. Oh, God damn it. Anyway, so, would one of you like to explain why we've called this emergency meeting episode today? I did. Because I wanted to talk about... The two, the two big, really like monumental rule changes, things that go along with the rule changes, and then if we have enough time, I do want to get to one in particular, but then there are two particular players in the NFL that I want to talk about that have some drama going on. But the first thing is, I believe it was Monday, the NFL Rules Committee passed a whole bunch of rules some of them were remedial some were little things involving semantics and syntax and wording of things but the two big ones were the changing of the catch rule and what is essentially for those of you that don't watch college football college football has a rule called targeting now it's not called that in the nfl because it's got like a they called it a negative connotation it's targeting and essentially what targeting is is that if you Attempt to use your helmet to hit someone else, you are ejected from the game. It's it's a penalty, and you are ejected. It's in the NFL now. It's in Pop Warner-level football. It's in college. It's been in college for, what, maybe 10, 12 years? It's mm-hmm. been a long time. I don't even know, actually. I'm just throwing out a random number. But it's in the NFL now. And, of course, with the catch rule changing. So, do you know what the base... I'm talking to Justin right now. Do you know what the basic layout is of the catch rule now? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I studied everything over when it all happened. Uh, it's... Is it's it really better? Is it better? It's better, but it comes with some new bad. What's the I new think. What's the new bad? There are going to be so many fucking fumbles. Oh. Think oh, about it. Things that are going to be ruled fumbles, catching yeah. fumbles. There's gonna, there are going to be so many more fumbles. Now, you think about when a player... Receives a pass, is juggling it, takes three steps, loses balance and falls, and that ball pops out, that's now a fumble. It's now a catch and a fumble. Yep. How many times has that happened, like, during the regular season last year? All the time. Then that was just ruled incomplete. Now it's going to be a fumble. It's going to be a lot more fumbles now. It didn't happen a lot because of the way the catch rule worked. They would just rule things incomplete Yeah. before, before you could really like ever have that as a ruling and i didn't even really think about that i'm I'm just looking at it from a mindset of i tweeted about it when the committee was first trying to figure out the verbiage of the rule and the very first thing i guess what you could call the criteria list of things that are in the rule is the first one it just says control and the thing i said was like there's going to be so many people that debate what control is and isn't even though it's kind of common sense, there's going to be people that complain about that. The second part 
is, I believe it was... The clarification of a football move. Well, no, no. The second part was establishing yourself in bounds. Yeah. That was the second part. That part's self Two feet or a body yeah, part. That, 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 that makes sense. Two feet or a body part. And the third part was broken down into three sections, which is the use... This isn't the exact verbiage they used, but the use of a football move, which could constitute a third step, lunging forwards with the ball in control, or anything that... I think the third option was anything that could be derived as such. Yeah. And that is so... Like, just a sweeping generalization. That's the part of the rule that I didn't like, because it basically took everything that nobody knew about the first rule, last rule, and just put it into one sentence. And it's the ability to make a football move. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying it like that. Yeah. Really just, like, the way they kind of generalize it's just, like, move at all. Like, you get the ball, you take two steps, and you fucking move. You once you've taken the second step, once you pretty much do anything... Anything at all. That, you, that's basically what it's saying. Just, you have to have, catch it, get two steps, be in bounds, move, it's a catch. In other words, the Jesse James play was a catch... Yes. ...now, under these new rules. The Des Bryant play was a catch under these rules. We the can Calvin put Johnson, it to bed! We can put it to bed. <laughs> it was a catch! It was a catch. <laughs> now, here's the thing that I don't know if you two have heard about this, but... I'm pretty sure I, I did tweet this too. The there was a report a couple of days after this new catch rule thing was coming about before it was actually put up to vote. It was passed thirty two to zero, by the way, which is yeah, which mean. is hilarious. But there was a report that came out through I believe it was uh, Chris Mortensen and Sal Palantonio on ESPN. You could both you could check both those guys out. They're both really they're some pretty solid sources when it comes to like NFL news. And they said that, I think it was Mortensen said he spoke with Al, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, last name, Al Riveron, who's the head of officiating or whatever you want to call it. And Al Riveron told Chris Mortensen that the Super Bowl was officiated as if that rule had been passed. And that's why. But it had not been passed yet. That makes sense. That's why. Which the, is why the, the Corey Clement yep. play was ruled a catch, but it should not have been under what the rule was. Now, the Zach Ertz play that probably still, is a catch no, no matter that's what. Still a, that's still a catch under the old rule, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, they, your, they, your catch, Corey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they apparently changed a rule overnight and didn't tell the teams. And it virtually robbed the Patriots of a touchdown. And, I mean, they only, they lost by less than a score. So they lost by less than one of than one possession. And there was this huge – it was funny. They mentioned it, Mortensen and Sal Palantonio did. And then they kind of just swept it underneath the rug. And then a bunch of people that work for numerous sports networks were like, why are we not talking about this? The fact that the NFL just ch- told their officials to phantom change a rule – and actually, I believe Al Riveron's quote was that his exact quote was something along the lines of, they were legislating on the fly, was was his quote. So, the league, the league office and league officials changed the catch rule prior to the biggest game of the year, didn't tell the Patriots or the Eagles, and it ended up 
pretty much costing the Patriots the Super Bowl because they no one assumed that the Corey Clement play was a touchdown after looking at it, but they ruled it one, and they were like, "Wow, like this." No one knows what a what a catch is now. This is ridiculous. And then the Zach Ertz play happened. We were like, oh, God, here's another one. Here's another crazy catcher. And then they came out and said, oh, yeah, this new rule we just passed. Yeah, we kind of <coughs> kind of phantom passed it prior to the Super Bowl. And nobody knew about it. So I just, I just want to know what you guys think about it. Because I think that's insane. I'm I not think even that's mad. crazy. Not even mad. Because all those should be catches anyway. What do you nobody, nobody is going to cry over this rule being gone. No. No one's gonna. No one's so, gonna... It, so it happened in the Super Bowl. Like I don't think anybody should realistically care because well, everybody. The, Patri- the Patriots certainly care. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah well, the, the Patriots were happened. robbed again by the NFL. Oh, I'm sure they were. Hey, man. And I, I don't. Th- I don't necessarily consider them being robbed if they. Uh, if they benefited from the rule, they, they didn't numerous ben- times. Yeah. They, they benefited. I have to. We all. They benefited to, from the rule earlier in the season. I feel like it's it's almost like karma, isn't it? Yeah. We have Weird. to make sure that we're clarifying. They benefited from the old rule now because it is. Yeah. You have to now look at like this is post catch rule. Oh yeah, they totally benefited from the Jesse James catch of NFL. Well, benefited yeah. from the Brandon Cooks catch that still got counted as a catch. Correct. Which under this new rule potentially would have stayed a catch. Yeah. Barring you know, what he actually did. But the Jesse James one definitely would have stood. I think the the one that doesn't get talked about a lot, the Austin Safarian Jenkins one, when they were playing the Jets the oh, first yeah, time, yeah, yeah. that never gets brought up. That was one that got overturned against the Patriots too. For no reason. For no reason, seemingly. And obviously the Kelvin Benjamin one that our friend Shane is going to get really ticked off about because he's a Bills fan, but I... I just don't think Kelvin Benjamin got his second foot down before he possessed the ball, I which is why so it, it wasn't ruled a catch. So, so that's the the drama with the catch rule now. And to make matters even worse for defenses, because now it's easier to complete passes, the NFL passes this targeting rule. And when this first happened, everyone was talking about how groundbreaking it was and how monumental this is for pro football and how it's going to change the league and this, that, the other. And you could have went on any social media site and found dozens and dozens and dozens of players bitching. Ex-players, former players, call it like people complaining all all over the place. Richard Sherman was a big one. Richard Sherman said something like, oh, there were, I don't know, Richard Sherman complains a lot. But it's funny, A couple, like yesterday I saw one of those... I don't want to call them liberal videos on Facebook, but I saw a video talking about uh, background checking or, like, researching stuff. Yeah. When you see an article, when you see the head of an article and how people don't do that, people just see what a headline looks like and then they freak out and share it but without reading it or researching it. When the NFL posed this rule, this targeting rule, they only found... In every single, think about how many there are. How many games in the NFL season? Two hundred fifty-six. Two hundred fifty-six games plus the playoff games, which yeah. is eleven more. So you're talking over two hundred and sixty games of pro football. There were ten. Ten incidences where it was potentially could it could result in an ejection. The two that definitely probably would have. Well, the one that definitely, the, you know, the two that definitely would have was the 
hit on Danny from Danny Trevathan on Devontae Adams. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. That 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 looked that, dirty. At that the was time. a big one. That was like, yeah, this is you know. The other one was Barry Church hitting Gronk in the AFC Championship game. The one that they talked, they brought up that was like questionable was Ryan Shazier's hit that knocked him out of the game. Mainly because it's it's debatable whether or not he attempted to use his head, or that he actually like squared up with the guy, and the injury actually came from just him almost having his his back like bananaed a little bit, versus having his head crunched in forwards. <coughs> so there were ten, ten. There were ten plays. Ten. Less than eleven. Ten. You know how many plays happen? In an average NFL game, you know how many hits there are in an average NFL game? Hundreds. There are ten incidents, and people are freaking out ten that this is that this is going to cause utter chaos. No. And no, it's, it's the only the only reason is the only reason that people are freaking out is because the exact wording hasn't been released. All people are saying is, if you make contact with the crown of your helmet, you're ejected. Okay, that's not actually what it's going to be. No. If that was the case, every single offensive lineman and defensive lineman would get ejected after the very first play of the game because your head's hit. Now, granted, you're not running full speed. You're like two inches from each other, and then you butt heads for a time being. People are just freaking out, and it bothers me. And I don't know. How... Yeah, I, it's a little. It's a little. People are going a little overboard about it. Uh, I think it, it, it. It's a good rule, no matter which way you split it. I think. You uh, know, it, it probably has a lot of. Defensive players bitching because they're gonna have to play a little differently. Not even though. A little bit, just a bit. Just a little bit. I, I mean, guess. A few, few minor adjustments, not to concuss your fellow players. Yeah. Huh? Weird. Mike or Zim- yourself. Or, or yourself. yourself. Or, yeah. Or yourself. Yes. Like, holy shit. Mike Zimmer actually. Big problem. Yeah, Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, was asked about it, and they asked him, like, "Do you think this is gonna like?" have some sort of huge ripple effect in the NFL. And Mike Zimmer, who's, who, how long has Mike Zimmer been in the league? A long time. A very long time. He told the reporters that we don't teach guys to hit that way anymore. We don't. No one's taught to hit that way anymore. So it's not... It, the pe- The reason people are freaking out is because the verbiage, the way, it's, the way it sounds, makes it seem as if... And plus, people don't think that these refs are capable of making correct calls anyway because of all the catch rule BS that's been happening. So people so people think that they're going to butcher this targeting rule and eject people when they shouldn't. That yeah, that has nothing the the whole catch rule confusion not the refs faults. Not at all. The rule was fucking bullshit. Yeah. The rule didn't make any sense. They were trying to make sense of it. So now they have some little more to make sense of to go off of. Now this this targeting rule a little bit vague. As of now, yes. Yeah. They're meeting again in May to discuss the wordage of right, the rule. Okay. Yeah, because th- they'll probably clarify it by then. And Does it say if... when in May? No. It's got to be... Not that I saw. I mean, it has to be prior to... When do OTA start in July? Yeah. So you get two months to... And plus, here's the other thing. Targeting is in college. Yeah. Every player who plays in the NFL from the last 10 years has played with... The concept of targeting being in a game. Yeah, so they should be used to it by the time they enter the NFL. Right. Like, none, no player that has less than eight years of experience should have any problem with this rule being in the NFL because they've dealt with it in college. And I'm fairly... 
you could probably count the amount of people in probably in this last past season, like Division One football. I'm not talking about Division Two and all that stuff. But if you just counted the amount of players that were ejected from a game in Division One college ball, you could probably do it on both hands. I guarantee you, there are probably not many kids ejected from games for targeting because it's being it's not taught anymore. Yeah. So it being in the NFL is just important because the game needs to be safer. Really? I had no idea. So I, I thought these people just wanted to be fucking carted off. Yeah. Ryan Shazer totally wanted to be in a wheelchair for the last four months. Yeah. That's totally what he signed up for. Yeah. I, I just don't I don't understand why anybody hates this rule. I like it's it's either just oh, pure overreaction or uh want your football to be the way it used to be, which why the fuck would you want that? Why watch would the, you want that? Watch the XFL for that. That's what it oh, would yeah, be. Oh yeah, it's come back around. No rules football. Everybody's gonna fucking die. Yeah. And then when they're it's done, they're gonna shoot their air fifteens in the air while fireworks go off and jets fly by. Yeah. That's that's what's going to be really funny about it is that Vince, when Vince did the the announcement for it, he called it what did he call it? Fast paced, family friendly football. What does that mean? What does it mean? It's either going to be the most violent thing in the history of mankind, or it's going to be two hand touch. It's not going to be two hand. It's going to be one of the two. So Vince McMahon running it? No way! It's two two hand touch. No. Well, Vince is very proactive when it he was more proactive about head injuries before the nfl was yeah but like wwe got rid of a lot of like their head based spots like no one gets hit in the head with chairs anymore nobody bleeds anymore unless it's real life which sometimes happens but like no one does that anymore so i feel like he's gonna adopt as much of that as he can just because why would why would you have that in practice with your major company and not with the other one yeah, I'm sure he'll have, like, he'll probably have effective safety precautions, but yeah. it's not going to be fucking two-hand touch. No, There's going to be tackling and shit. But anyway, enough of the XFL, which, oh, God, yeah, it's we, coming. We, we I can't believe it's actually happening. We oh, God. Say. Dude, Johnny Manziel, dude. If he's not a backup for the Patriots. I'm excited for the comeback season. I, I, I love redemption stories. But of Johnny Manziel, though? Yeah, why not? I mean, it'd be amazing if he redeemed it, himself. It's yeah. it'd be a great storyline for our generation, especially with all the that drug is, use yeah, and everything Josh going Gordon on. Josh Gordon too, like nobody really <laughs> talks about it, but like, and maybe yeah, he's but quieter now because Josh he came Gordon back and was, was fine. weed, man. Like that's I think that's different. It is a little know. different, yeah. Because he, he did drink a lot. He, he, had, he, he was well. There was there was players from the Redskins that came out and said they would drink before games, like mm-hmm. and that was five years ago, like, right? No, Johnny Manziel, I, I I can't remember who he interviewed with. I think it might have been Trey Wingo. Uh, who was who did he interview with the other day? Uh, Van Pelt. Van Pelt, that was it. Some other bald guy. Even though Trey, Trey Wingo's not bald. Van Pelt's really good. But, yeah, Manziel, like, did this interview, and afterwards you were like, damn. Like, this dude, like, legitimately hit rock bottom. Like, this guy was had a lot of problems. And I think a part of me still kind of use him as, like, a Brown. So I don't really want him back in the league. But he's not going to be a Brown. No, He's going to no be way. a backup to some other team. That's that's one of the things that I liked is uh, Belichick met with him after Johnny got fired from the Browns, essentially. Mm. Bill Belichick, who got fired from the Browns, met that with him. That is true. That would be awesome. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing – that would be cool to see him just go as a backup at the Patriots. 
Man, you want to talk about a cl- want to talk about a clash of personalities? You got Johnny with all his history, and then you got Brady, who eats avocado ice cream and has copper wiring in his pajamas and that type of stuff. Johnny takes pictures with stacks of money, even though he probably doesn't do that anymore. Nah, but I mean, even if he does, that's more of a that's you know that's nothing to do with drug problems. But speaking of diva players, oh, which man. is the other thing I wanted to the the other topic I wanted to discuss with. I'm just going to ask Corey first, and then I'll ask you, and then I'll say my thing. Everything that is happening with Odell Beckham Jr., and for those of you that don't know, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, everybody knows who Odell If you're listening to this, you know who Odell Beckham Jr. is. Even people who don't know football yeah, know who Odell Beckham oh, Jr. is. At this point, he's an icon. Yeah, you can't go to any public place without seeing somebody with the Odell Beckham Jr. haircut, with, with the bleach blonde tips... And it's like real high and tight, but he's got the clean, you know, the the thing on top. He's got a beard. You know, he was Snapchatting from the All Star game, and he's just one of the biggest superstars. But all this stuff going on with him, which we'll talk about, and the potential fallout of it, we'll do Corey and then Justin and then me. So, what do you think? Just every everything that's been going on. What, what do you feel about it? Um, I think from the Giants' perspective. I think you listen to offers for everybody you have. I don't think anybody's off the table uh, from any team, really. Uh, I think everybody has a price. Um, And then the other thing is I think with him, it's more of a message to the other players, like what kind of team they're trying to build here. Like They're like, all right, well, you see he's acting up. He's our star player we're not opposed to getting rid of him. Like, I think that's all it is. I don't think they are going to, but I think that's that's just the message that they're trying to send out during this rebuild, essentially. Uh, not even a rebuild, but I think they just want to try to get back on the track they were two years ago when they made the playoffs. And just, They were a really good team two years ago. Yeah, I, pretty much everybody's still there, too. <laughs> a couple of defensive players are gone now, but uh, I think they're pretty close to getting back there. You don't think it will cause a problem keeping him after all of this? Like, that won't cause issues? I think, no, I don't think it will too much. Uh, I think he, if what coming out that he's saying that he's not touching the field until he gets a new contract is true, I think that's their way of negotiations with him is mm-hmm. like well you know it's not that important to us right what about, what about you okay they are making a huge example out of him that is what this is oh they okay. are taking him and they are making an example out of him kind of like on the vein of what Corey's saying they are not showing that us as an organization are not above taking our star player and chucking him out if he's acting up they're not. They're not going to be held. Held. They're not going to be held hostage by Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, they're not going to be held hostage by Odell's talent. Mm-hmm. They. Then that's that's good for an organization to do. I don't think you should be. If a player's if a player's attitude, if a player's outlook is causing harm to your team as a whole, it's not worth it for the talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so them making an example out of him doing this not only shows sort of like maybe an improvement in strength in the organization as a whole, but also kind of as a message to Odell, like. You need to clean your shit up. And hopefully he does, because he's 
goddamn talented. One of the most talented players in the NFL. He's just got to he's got to tune up a little bit, get himself back into it. The Giants, honestly, it's amazing how they haven't how they had such a bad season mm-hmm. last year. It, it actually doesn't make very good sense. They did have a lot of injuries on offense. Yeah, but their but defense still. was like almost fully healthy. Yeah, and they were awful. Like you usually don't see a team team do a turnaround tank that fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even when the Carolina did it, they still bounced back. Right. And I, I think that's going to happen for the Giants very soon. Uh, but I think this is a big first step towards it. Everything they've been doing in the offseason really is these good steps towards turning themselves around, being that great team again. Because they have, they have like almost all the pieces they need. They have, they have fucking Eli Manning. Even though he's old, he's still competent. He's still good. You have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You have, you have this great personnel building up. They just need to keep going. Mm-hmm. They'll make it. But this is this is a huge. I think this is a huge, probably a turning point for the team. As long as you know, Odell actually takes the example, right. runs with it, and fixes everything. Would you? This is just a. It's sort of an a yes or no question, but I don't want it to be a yes or no question because there could be some elaboration on it. Yes or no? Do you, would you want Odell Beckham Jr. on your team? Yes. As as how he is right now. Yeah. No matter, you it, don't care. Don't care. Don't care. What about you? The way he is right now with the like he Odell Beckham Jr. in his current state, if the Green Bay, if if the Giants are you kind, both of you kind of said that you don't think the Giants are actually going to get rid of him, but in the chance that he did, would you be apprehensive for your team to add him to your roster? Yes. Okay, so you said no. And you said yes. So why are you saying no? Like you wouldn't care. Uh, I, he's still young. You know, all these players are still young. He's not even twenty-five yet. He's uh, yeah. going to mature over time. This next contract probably is going to take him to his thirties. I don't think there's. I think he's going to mature, and I don't really care what they say or do off the field as long as they're on the field to play. Now you probably don't think he's going to mature. Now, it's not that I don't think he's going to mature, but I don't think he's worth what you're going to fucking pay him in the way he is right now. Okay. That's that's my big issue. All right. Uh, he's not going to be worth the money. His, I don't, uh, like Corey, I don't care what players do off the field as long as it doesn't affect what they did on the field. Fortunate truth is, it totally has affected what Odell does on the field. It affected him in the Green Bay playoff game. Oh, absolutely. You could tell. Now, I will say this. If... The the video that surfaced of him, I don't know if they were at a strip club. Oh, that or at something in a hotel room or at a hotel room, and it looked like he was like doing drugs or something like that. That's a little concerning. Well, you don't want that to happen. I don't think looking at the looking at that 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 snippet of the video. I don't think he was doing the coke. Probably not. It was. I think it was the model he was with that was doing the coke. Okay. It was on her side of the bed. Mm-hmm. But that is still he's around still around it. it he's which still isn't, around it. Isn't a good look if that's getting caught on video. Right. Not a good look at all. But I think pretty much everyone our age is almost around it. Mm-hmm. And you just have to, like... Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's not a... But, but that's the thing, though. It's not about kids our age. It's about the little 10-year-old that I see walking around with an Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. shirt on. That's the part that really sucks. Yeah. So here's my thing. Um, both of you are... I don't want to say both of you are wrong. Um, both of you have things that I agree with. 
I have never liked Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, no. I've never <laughs> liked him. He has always been one of my least favorite players because I think he is he is the absolute definition of petty. He's a diva. He only cares about himself. He only cares about his own individual performance, and it's been evident because the games that he has been, the games that he famously has had outbursts in are not games where the Giants are losing. They're not games where he's wide open and he's not getting the ball thrown to him. They're games when he's going up against a cornerback and they're shutting him down. Josh Norman was shutting Odell down, so he got into a fist fight with him. I watched a Monday night game where Xavier Rhodes shut down Odell and Odell got pissed off at him and punched a kicking net and hit him in the face. You know? This happens with a lot of players, though. You had Brandon Cooks on the Saints the year before he got traded. Against the Rams, they shut out the Rams pretty much all game. They beat them handedly, and Brandon Cooks went on a tangent. Brandon Cooks is a Christian-loving <laughs> God boy, yeah, yeah. and he's one of the nicest people ever. He went on a rant after the game because he didn't get the ball thrown to him. Yeah, it's probably frustrating as a receiver to get it, shut down like that. It is, but I think that he became almost so big so quick that, and listen, we both know Brandon Cooks is a really good player. Brandon Cooks is not the superstar Odell is. Yeah. And I just think, and when you add in the fact that he is... He he had one of the most overrated plays in the history of the. I'm sorry, it's overrated play. I've seen I've seen better catches in backyards than that. I have honestly. That's I, an excellent catch. It is an no, listen. It's good. You haven't seen those catches against NFL caliber defenses in backyards in a game that didn't matter when they were getting blown out and the coverage guy completely lost him running a streak route. Like, I don't know. Like, he's... Odell's made better catches in practice. I've seen him. It's crazy. You could, it's really easy to make better catches but, than that in practice. But he he just became this incredible superstar and almost overnight. And... Which doesn't really happen. You know, Antonio Brown didn't really become a superstar Not until, until you know, Mike Wallace left. Until about 2000... It's funny. Not trying to get off topic, but I looked at... Uh, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones's numbers like simultaneously. Oh no! It pretty much they both kind of came into the, came into their own in like 2014. Mm-hmm. That's when you kind of really see the the point when Antonio and Julio take over as like we're the top two guys. Like Megatron's no longer here. Roddy mm-hmm. White's old. Miles Austin isn't good anymore. Brandon Marshall's on the down end of his career. Like that's that 2014 was really the year that they took over, but. Those two guys had been in the league for like three, four years prior to that point. And they slowly built up into what they are now. Odell exploded overnight. And I think it just went, abs- I think it all went to his head. And I'll never forget, he he signed his rookie extension and posted on Instagram about how he was going to work really hard and grind and he cared about the Giants players and then he didn't show up to training camp. Immediately after saying that. So, Odell, and then plus he does the yacht picture. He's like, oh, it doesn't affect my game. And then he goes against the Packers and he drops two touchdowns. And he's Odell Beckham Jr. Like, he caught a pass with two fingers, but he can't catch a pass that hits him right in the hands twice. So, I just think that, and now with what you're saying, where 
I'm not going to step on the field until I get a new contract, which is the exact same thing Le'Veon Bell said. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost kind of like the Giants know he's bluffing. They know he's going to come play because if he doesn't come play, he's not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. So I think what the Giants are doing with him I tweeted about this. I, I, I hate bringing up the fact that I keep tweeting, but I, this is where I get... Um, where can the kids follow you on Twitter? At Real Nate Kuiper. Thank you. Um, I tweet a lot about wrestling, so just sift through that and you'll find semi-decent stuff. <laughs> um, past all the wrestling gifts of Matt Hardy. Um, so, there's this technique of compliance called door and face, which is... You go up to some when you're when you're say you're negotiating a deal, right? Say I walked into the room right now and I said I'm selling my phone for three hundred dollars, but it's a four year old phone. Every single one of you would be like, "You're an idiot! Screw you! I'm not buying a four four year old phone for three hundred dollars. You're ridiculous." But then I go to one of you privately, and I say, "Hey, I know I said three hundred dollars, but I'll give it to you for like one fifty. Doesn't that sound like really enticing? Like, oh man, he was offering me three hundred dollars, and now he's he offered everybody 300 but he's offering me half that. Yeah. That's what the Giants are doing. Yeah, that's the, exactly the, what they're The doing. Giants are saying, we want two first-round picks for Odell, which is suicide. Yeah, that's You do awful. not give up. A t- <laughs> you don't give up two first-round picks for a often injured, off-the-field issues, diva, diva wide receiver who wants to be paid over $20 million a year. That is suicide. You would bury your organization if you tried to do that. But the Giants are saying, this is our offer. This is what the initial thing is going to be so that everybody kind of like is a little hesitant at first. Like, oh man, do we really want to give up two first round picks for Odell Beckham Jr.? And then the Giants are going to target a team that either has a draft pick they really want or a player they really want. And they're going to go to that team and say, hey, I know we said, you know, we want two, two firsts, but hey... Say for example they say for example they called up the Rams and they said, Hey, we know you're having problems with Aaron Donald. We really like Aaron. And I know you they, they were trying to actually I think it was the Rams who were trying to get Odell yeah. last year. But they didn't get it. The deal didn't work out. So they could go to the Rams and they could say, Hey, we'll take Donald, we'll pay Donald, you give us your second round pick, we'll give you Odell. Aaron Donald in a second round pick for Odell Beckham Jr. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, they take that. That's what I think they're doing. Rams don't have a second round pick for the next two years. Well, that's that's whatever. (laughs) I was I was hypothetically saying that like, you know, that could be something that they do. But I I I guess I'm the only one here that actually thinks that this might happen. Nope, not gonna happen. That we're gonna be sitting there on draft day and we're all gonna be watching and some team's gonna be on the clock and the next thing you know the Giants are gonna pop up like oh man the Giants traded something for somebody. I want and... you to look at it this way too. Ownership isn't gonna let it happen. You don't think Mara's gonna? All right. Mara did say you were saying about how no player is everybody's expendable. He did say that. Yeah. He was quoted in saying that. Yeah, but who? Whose jerseys are going to sell for the Giants if Beckham's not there? Beckham is probably a top 10 jersey seller anyway. He's probably a top 10 merchandise seller anyway. He might be the top. He's 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 been consistently top five. Yeah, yeah. he's Since. probably at least the top receiver. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, definitely. He's definitely the top receiver. Who's going to replace that kind of revenue for Giants ownership? Saquon Barkley. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but maybe not this year. <laughs> but I, was, I wasn't being facetious there. I was that was my my I guess going into the more creative side of it would be part of the process yeah. of trading Odell would be the Giants putting themselves in a position to get an additional pick so that they can take Barkley with the second overall pick yeah. and then something else. Like they could take they could give him to I don't really know. They could give him to some team like Arizona. Mm-hmm. Right? And which would actually be pretty crazy if you think about it. Um That'd be neat. That would be pretty neat. And it would be the best it would probably be the best number two receiver that Odell's ever had in Larry Fitzgerald. Because Larry Fitzgerald would unfortunately be he wouldn't be number one two in our hearts. No. He, he, he would, he's like almost always number one in my heart. Yeah. One A and one B. It's one A and one B, yeah. Yeah, that, that that'll work. So and A being Larry and B for being Beckham. So Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, the 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 only the answer that's but that's my only answer to what you said. Is that oh the only literally the only way that you replace the star power of Odell Beckham Jr. is if you draft Saquon Barkley. And then you have to I don't think he will bust, but there's also the possibility that he will bust, and mm-hmm. you're not going to have the star power. Right. Well, I mean, that's the that's the chance you take with... I mean, Odell's been hurt twice. Mm-hmm. So, you never want to expect injury. You never want to plan for injury, because you want to assume that everybody's going to stay healthy. But, I mean, the difference between keeping Odell and having Odell break his ankle again... And Saquon having some sort of weird... I, I always say that he's going to have some weird hip injury that he's never going to be able to come back from. Almost like Isaiah Thomas in the NBA. But, I don't know. I think that the Giants are in this position where... the Giants. I agree with Justin when you say the Giants clearly have all of the leverage here. Odell has no leverage. No, no. Odell has none. Like, this, is, this has nothing to do with what Odell wants. Like, this has everything to do with what the New York Giants want, what the new owner, not ownership, but what the new front office wants, and what's best for this organization that is desperately trying to stay ahead of the Cowboys. Not ahead, but trying to keep on pace with the Eagles and the Cowboys. All right. Uh, Quick transition here. Everything you said about Odell Beckham, Mm -hmm. oft-injured, off-field problems. Mm Mm-hmm. The price on him. Uh huh. I know where, where you're going. How? Where do you want to get rid of Le'Veon for? What do I want for him? Yes. Well, the thing about and this is the thing I was gonna say is Le'Veon clearly. I love Le'Veon Bell. Um, he. I often joke that he has single-handedly ruined every single high school coach's life. Because every single little kid wants to emulate Le'Veon Bell in the style that he runs. And it's impossible. You can't do that. And I've actually heard uh, some of the people that I go to school with that coach like youth football. That they have to like, like stress to their kids. like You can't hop around behind the line of scrimmage like that because you're going to get killed. And But the problem with Le'Veon is he just tweeted the other day. 
essentially saying that the Steelers fans are painting him as like a villain. And he, he, he said, it's really hard to be the hero for a city when the people in it are painting you as a villain. So pl- clearly he's not very smart. Because <laughs> that's not what's happening. No. Nobody, not a single Pittsburgh fan, you could ask every single Pittsburgh fan about Le'Veon Bell. None of them will tell you that he's not, that, that, that they, they don't want him. I don't know. They all love him. It's, it's the fact that he wants to get paid. He actually came out and said exactly how much he wants. Yeah. He wants as much as Antonio Brown does, which is $17 million. I think that's not for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but compared to comparative what they do on the field, I think that's a fair asking price. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's a fair... What do you mean? Like, it's... it's At, he's, Le'Veon's request is fair? Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Just maybe not for the Steelers as a Because he gets... He doesn't get as many... Ca- he. He's basically your number two receiver. He's he said that before. Like, he wants to be paid as the number two receiver and the number one running back. Right. Plus, he does the running back duties. Right. He doesn't get he doesn't get as many carries, but he gets enough catches to supplement the fact. He gets enough touches, yeah. Right, he gets enough touches. He gets more touches and takes more hits than Antonio Brown, obviously, because he's a running back, but still. Right. And he's also bigger and stronger than Le'Veon. I mean, he's bigger and stronger than Antonio is. Yeah. Now, granted, he's been hurt more than Antonio is, or has been. Yeah, so... But, I... Okay, so... What would I want for Le'Veon Bell? My goodness. Um, this is assuming that he doesn't play next year. I mean, you're, you're going to have to... You're you're going to have to either get a replacement. Not even a replacement. It's the wrong word. But you're going to have to get somebody to fill the spot on the depth chart. And then I feel like if Odell Beckham Jr. could be traded. Okay. I'll, no, that's not because Odell hasn't been traded yet. If Jarvis Landry, say Jarvis Landry, for example, if Jarvis Landry could be traded for a third round pick, I think Le'Veon's basement is the second. Cause when you think about it, okay, Jarvis Landry catches, he's, he averages like a hundred catches a game. Yeah. He's had over a thousand yards every yeah. single season. He's for a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. You have Le'Veon, who touches the ball probably 400 times and gets over 1,200 scrimmage yards. So I would say a second and then someone to replace him. I don't want that, but it seems more and more with every passing day that he is just incensed with the idea that the Steelers don't think he's valuable which is dumb because if we didn't think he was valuable, we wouldn't have franchise tagged him. We would have just let him go. Yeah. So, and plus he's making more money this year than any other running back anyway. He made more money than any running back last year. So, but he wants, it's funny. I love the art. I love when it came out that he said he wanted as much money as Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown took a pay cut in order to keep Le'Veon, but he wants as much money as Antonio, but Antonio took a pay cut so that he could stay. So, I don't know. It just seemed as if Bell wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. Yeah, I I think it makes... I agree with Corey in that it makes sense for him. Actually, it's not a bad ask. It makes sense for him to be to be making as much money as Antonio Brown because they both pull the equal weight on that team. They pretty much are they're, they're, they're the Steelers' effectively, offense. Yeah. They're effectively the Steelers' offense. When, when we... I keep saying we and people are going to be mad when I've 
there's only been a couple times when both of them have not been on the field at the same time. And my God, is it bad? Like, <laughs> good Lord, is it awful? And I just think it's, and I, and I understand that, like, you're using Odell as the comparison, how I don't like Odell, and I don't think he's worth it. I don't want to pay Le'Veon Bell $17 million, because mm-hmm. that deal, where you're paying him $17 million a year, would carry into him being in his 30s. And you can't tell me that a running back who touches the ball 40, 400 times a year is going to be worth $17 million when he's 30 years old. Yeah, Coming off of, he's had two severe knee injuries... He's been suspended twice, and unfortunately, in the next two years, he's going to have a rookie quarterback throwing him throwing the ball, and no one is going to respect that rookie's ability, and they're just going to stack it against him. So the worst thing that could potentially happen for a 29-year-old running back, we saw it with DeMarco Murray, is if you go to a team after a season where you carry the ball a whole bunch where there's no passing attack. Because you're 29 years old, you just touched the ball 400 times, and now teams are just piling on top of you. So, right now, for 2018, Le'Veon Bell is a Pittsburgh Steeler. The unfortunate part is, he's an unrestricted free agent next year, which means we wouldn't even get anything for him anyway (laughs) if he left. Which sucks! But, that's okay, because we're just going to win the Super Bowl this year, and that'll be okay. It'll be alright. Probably not, but... So, I don't know. I okay. Okay, here's a here's a fine one. You you're gonna say no. I know you're gonna say no. You want Le'Veon Bell on your team for seventeen million dollars? Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't pay Odell Beckham twenty two, but I sure as shit would pay Le'Veon Bell seventeen. What would you pay Odell? That's a good question for both all three of us. What would you? Okay, if Le'Veon Bell. No, no, no. If Antonio Brown. Because Antonio Brown is worth his contract per year, on average, seventeen million dollars. What's Odell's worth? Fifteen. Fifteen. So just a two million. He is the number three. When he's healthy, he is the number three receiver in the NFL. Not number two. Not number one. I'll pay him like a number three receiver. So he doesn't deserve to make the most fucking money. So you get so you get Odell at fifteen, and then Julio and Brown, whichever order you put them in, are fifteen or sixteen million and seventeen. No, they're probably both seventeen. I think they're about the same. What about you? What's Odell worth? I'd probably give him sixteen. This is assuming (laughs) next year, next year, Drew Brees is no longer with us and Mm -hmm. his first ballot Hall of Fame. Yes, um, that would open up the twenty-five million dollar cap space from him. Mm-hmm. I'd give my rookie quarterback <laughs> Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas to throw two. Oh yeah, all and game plus for... plus Alvin Kamara and and uh, Ingram. Mark Ingram. That team's yeah. still nasty. And that, that's what's that was amazing about the Saints last season is that team was nasty without Drew Brees having to turn it on. But then like and then he just like when he needed to just turn it on, it is still gross. Which but, is why oh. that's why a lot of people are wondering like why the Rams are able to do everything they're doing is because Jared Goff's on his rookie deal. Uh-huh. He, they're only paying him, what, $6 million? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah they, they're not paying a lot of money out, so they're grabbing all the shit. Um, they got, that's, and that's one of the big things is they got... A lot of young players. Which is why, I, this is why I brought up the Rams-Giants thing with Odell. It's because I can really imagine Aaron Donald looking at the money they're giving Nadamik Sue and being like, are you serious? 
you're renting the guy for a single year. You drafted me. I've been here forever. I've never hurt. I've never had the issues Sue's had, and you're giving him $17 million guaranteed. Donald's been ejected a few times. Has he? Yeah. Really? Uh, I, one time in particular, opening game against the 49ers last year, uh, he got ejected that game. What for? Was he fighting? Uh, he was fighting, he... yeah. Okay. Um, he didn't stomp on somebody. But... No. Uh, that's another rule change in the NFL this year is officiators for the game not just the refs on the field can't eject players. Oh. So, so they can look back to see who threw punches and everything. And, oh, that's good. Yeah. That wasn't that blows my mind that that wasn't a thing. Yeah. That you don't have an extra official up in like the box looking at the at the replay saying, Oh, okay, I see who threw the first punch. Yeah, that guy get him out. Yeah. And so they just eject both players. Which every is time, why which is weird. Which is what should have happened with Mike Evans. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Against the Saints. But nothing happened against in that game where Mike Evans. Who was it? Was it Lattimore? Yeah. Mike Evans comes flying out of nowhere and just drills Marcus Lattimore, and nothing happened. Didn't they both get fined? Lattimore did not. Lattimore, well, Lattimore did not. Didn't, get fined. Oh, Lattimore didn't do anything. Lattimore yeah. just Lattimore just Lattimore just, Lattimore just went up to Jameis and said, "Hey, you're playing like trash." <laughs> and... <laughs> And then Evans is like, did he just throw a punch and just came up and speared him? Oh I mean, God. you know, he can't fucking, he can't eat that W, so. <laughs> he hasn't been eating many Ws. He's real, only eaten one since he said he gonna. Real quick, I want Corey to talk about the, because I know we're running short on time. I want Corey to talk about the comparison he came up with, with the AFC, what was it, AFC North and the NFC South, because it's the oh. craziest thing. Uh, I said they're pretty much the same. Um, let me see if I can pull up the text real fast. Uh, okay. You have in the he sent it to me, so the, all he has to do is, is scroll up to find it. In the AFC North and the NFC South, you have three teams with top twelve wide receivers and one team with trash wide receivers. Uh, you have one elite quarterback, two above average quarterbacks, and one qu- team with a quarterback situation in flux one team with an old defense one team with a defense that should be better than it is and one team with young defense with promise this is legit yeah that lines up yeah that's have, legit it's crazy you have julio michael thomas and mike evans on the nfc south you have antonio uh jarvis landry and it, josh gordon josh josh gordon josh gordon sure. over josh Landry. He, he jarvis. just came back he's gonna have a better year okay and then AJ. And then AJ Green. Yeah. Uh, the, two, have, the two elite quarterbacks are Breeze and Ben. Ben. Uh, you have Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. And you have Joe Flacco and Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. The, the uh, beige water pistol. Then you have... I, I, don't, I don't know if James is going to last much longer in Tampa Bay if he doesn't have a breakout year soon. He just needs some Ws. Uh, and then, obviously, the Browns. Um, just, just, just being the Browns. One team with a old defense. You have uh, Carolina. Carolina, and you have the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, one team with a defense better than it should be. Uh, I think Atlanta's defense should be better than it is. They have they keep getting these good pieces, and they're not really performing 
And as, Dan Quinn's their coach. Yeah, they're not really performing on the field as they you would expect them to. Um, I think the Steelers' defense should probably be a lot better than it is besides the secondary. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the one team with the young defense with promise. You have the Browns and the Saints. Yeah. Are, are, are they going to do it this year, guys? Who? I don't even know. I'm not even going to ask you. Corey, is, is Cleveland going to finally improve this year? Uh, they can win two games and improve, Justin. Oh, sh- shut up. I th- I'm not even going to ask you. It this all depends on. <laughs> That's right. Take a seat. <laughs> I think the offense is in the best situation it's been in in years, and I just think the defense just needs to be able to do good this year. And... Oh no, they're not. That's a fantastic answer, Corey. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. That's been Wait, football you after stop dark. It. No, I'm answering. <laughs> this is shut up. I'm answering. We're this the last thing. Okay, listen. All right, I'm gonna ask you a question. All right. Yeah, go ahead. If the Browns win, if they triple their win total over the past two years and win three games, okay. If they triple their win total, okay. Just wait, wait, wait. They draft multiplic- multiplication says that's still zero. No, he said two years. Over the last two years, oh, okay. I said over the last two years. years. Okay. They triple their win total over the last two years and win three games. So that's three games. Yeah. Right, it's three games. Okay. They draft Sam Darnold first overall pick. He goes three and thirteen. Right. Hugh Jackson's fired. Right. You'd hope so. Then they have to start all over again. With a brand new system and a brand new coach. Guess what? Square one. Again. Bye-bye. Doesn't matter. I'm not saying they're going to go 3-13. and 13. I think they'll go better than that. I think they could easily win seven games. They could have easily won seven games last year. I, I think they'll win seven games this year. That, that's but, exactly where I think they're going to land. Yeah. They're going to be one of the many teams that fall anywhere between 7-9 and nine and 9-7. and seven. Yeah, it's going to be a very... I think it's going to be a very interesting year. If the Bills can make the playoffs with Tyrod, Browns could definitely have a 500 season with Tyrod. I like I really I it's going to sound really strange. I like the coaching staff in Buffalo a lot. And Buffalo plays in a division where they've been somewhat competitive with the other two teams not named the Patriots. Cleveland can't consistently beat Baltimore and Cincinnati and those two teams have been bad for like stretches. So I think that's going to be like the difference. I don't trust the Bills coaching staff, and I don't think... I don't trust... I, I don't say I trust it. I just liked it. I don't like it either. I don't <laughs> like it. It's... Any team that fucking benches your starting quarterback when you're still in playoff contention is a garbage fucking... Oh, God. Okay. I, I've never been so mad. Anyway... Now we can end. Now we can end. That's all for today. Um, we have some cool stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, we have the I'm draft gonna, coming up. I'm going to have to talk to them about some of it, but... Uh, some cool ideas that we're going to throw out and hopefully kill some time before uh, OTA start and preseason starts. Yep. Yeah, I should have a Twitter account running for the show very soon. I just got to get some graphics done and stuff. I've been using funny pictures of dumb football players as our as the pictures for our show right now. But can this can the good. one for this one be Manziel? Absolutely. Right, we talked cool. about Johnny Manziel. We'll do a dumb picture of Johnny Manziel. We'll do a dumb picture one. of Johnny Manziel. I like it. Yeah, you know, even though the last one I think I did. God, who the fuck did I do for the last one? It was some dumb player. It was a backup quarterback. I don't remember who it was. But, yeah, it was just good fun. So, like, I could update them all and put the logo right. in. But, yeah, we're going to have some cool stuff coming up. Uh, once I get the Twitter account up, we'll probably all tweet it out. Um, Kuiper, we already know we can follow you at Real Nate Kuiper. At Real Nate Kuiper, yeah. Corey, where can we follow you? Uh, Corey, at, Corey on sports, C-O-R-E-Y on sports. 
and Twitter. Don't and, th- yeah, that's that's the that's the account that you want yeah. to follow. Yeah. I get, I tweeted <laughs> I I tweeted a thing of LeBron the other day with my 14 followers and got 30 retweets and 200 likes. How? I don't know. I got added to a moment about LeBron's uh pulling down his tomahawk because he got called a foul on. Oh, that's and, really cool. Yeah, and it just went viral kind of. All right. Yeah, make 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 it the entire account go viral. Follow, follow at Corey on Sports. Uh and then you can follow me at your boy Jusby. I'm gonna spell it out for you. At Y A B O I. Or is it B O I? I don't remember. It's B O I. It's B O I because we're all in our twenties. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Jusby J U S B Y. That's my nickname if you were wondering. I'm gonna change it soon, I think. I think it's time for a new handle. I'll let you guys know when it happens. Alright. Bye bye, everybody. Have a good night. I love you all. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.